Hello ladies and gentlemen and welcome to the Nerd Herd Comic Book Club. Your number one stop for stellar reviews of volumes, arcs or stories that us or yourselves choose. You can find us live every Wednesday on YouTube, Facebook and Twitch and the replay on all podcast networks. Take a seat, get yourselves and your opinions ready as it's time to join the herd. But first, please put your hands together for your hosts, Shane, Phil and Scott as they kick off this week's discussion. Ahoy hoy and welcome to the Nerdhead Comic Book Club. It's Spider-Man Wave and I have picked the first book. I'm your host Shane and I'm joined by very special guests. Um, you might not remember these faces, they have been on before, if you've watched In The Way Way Back. This is Phil. Hello. And this is Scott. Hello! Welcome back, chaps. I've missed you. Missed you too, mate. I put on a good, yeah. good front last week and pretended I didn't miss you, but really, like, ah. just I just needed you with me. <laughs> we heard you were a complete mess before the show and after, like, Trying to hold a big <laughs> Absolutely. Kevin and Liam were like, just stop crying, just stop crying. Hit start, hit start. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well done, Kevin and Liam, for uh, yes. holding the fort last week. Well, they did fantastically yes. well, and we are very proud of them for doing what they did. It, it was They did a fantastic show. They you really did all right. They saved my bacon. <laughs> 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 so, as I said, it's Spider Man Wave. Um, as it's his birthday this month, I believe. So um, I have kicked us off with The Lethal Foes of Spider-Man from 1993. It's a four-part miniseries, one of the very first Marvel comic collections I ever completed. So I thought it would be a great choice to celebrate the Spidey's birthday, as I probably haven't read this book in about 20 years. So it was a great refresher. Um, before we jump in and see who's in the chat, I do have a synopsis written down, so we'll quickly get through that, and then we'll see who's in the chat, and we'll see what we thought of the book. How about that? Sounds great. So, Let's do it. So the lethal foes of Spider-Man from 1993, Dr. Octavius has been arrested and sentenced to three consecutive life sentences, and his adamantium arms have been destroyed. While this is happening, the long-thought-dead and one-time kingpin lackey, The Answer, returns with a deal of mutual satisfaction for Dr. Octopus and himself. Meanwhile, across the city, uh, Lila Davis, a.k.a. Hardshell, has been released from prison and wastes no time in coming up with a plan to get rich and revenge on the man she thinks killed her husband. Hardshell reforms the Sinister Syndicate, including Vulture, Rhino and Boomerang, before heading out to steal a nuclear blaster. Also, the Beetle and Stegron hear of Hardshell's plan and they try to make a deal for the blaster using a captured Spider-Man. Infighting and backstabbings are guaranteed as these lethal foes of Spider-Man are front and centre in this four-part mini-series. How about that? Sum it up. Oh yeah. I guess. I, I, I deliberate. I deliberately mentioned Spider-Man as little as possible because so did the writer of this book. Yeah, <laughs> this was not a Spider-Man book. I'm glad you brought it up. Yeah. <laughs> Before we jump to that, let's say hello to everyone in the chat. We have Liam the Funky Gibbons, Heidi Ho. Hi, Liam. Thanks for joining. We have James Cosplay Copy. in the chat. Oh, my screen's like this hi. big, sorry. Oh, right. James Coughlin says, hi guys and gals, it's been a while. We have Connie in the chat as well. Hi pals. Hi Connie. Mm -hmm. Martin from Sonic's Comics is also in the chat. Mm -hmm. Evening all, it's Spidey time. Well, kind of. <laughs> kind of Spidey time with this book. We're warming up. We have... <laughs> I'm easing you into Spider-Man, yeah, yeah. apparently. We have Ran R7. He says, "Evening, lad. Evening, lads, and chat." And we also have Lewis Deakin. Hey, Lewis Deakin. Howdy! Some Thanks new faces for joining. Today. Yes, some Spider-Man fans. Sorry, mm. I uh, may have let you down with this selection <laughs> by not picking a Spider-Man book. You mean? <laughs> <laughs> it's called the Lethal Foes of Spider-Man. I and he's on the cover of every single book. I assumed he would have a bigger part to play, but. Um, Let's get to initial thoughts, shall we? Who do we start with? Let's start with the man, the Spider-Man fan up here, Phil. 
Okay, so this um, it's going to start off a bit of an oxymoron. This is not good, but I kind of enjoyed it in a strange <laughs> way, if that makes sense. Yeah, like it does. It's not. It's not good. Like this is <laughs> this is nineteen ninety three, but it very much looks and it it, it reads like a, a Silver Age Spider Man story, like twenty five years prior to this. That or the time it was released, um, it just—I don't know why it was just—I uh, don't know—just wasn't good. But I liked it. Like I—I I, I don't really explain any more than that. Like Spider-Man was not really in it, and the times he was in it, either knocked out, captured, or being chased by bees. That—that's Spider-Man's—that's that, his involvement in this story, and then a whole lot of other craziness. All these kind of random characters and. Uh, yeah, it is what it is. It was Connie, makes a good point. Connie makes a very good point. She says it's called the lethal foes of Spider-Man, not the lethal foes and Spider-Man. <laughs> There's my mistake right there. She's yes. nailed it. Well, Connie, well she, she's nailed it. Yeah. <laughs> Scott, what did you think? Um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> it was a decent start, I guess, to Spider-Man-ish month. And um, yeah, this this was just you know uh, maybe this was just a story that looked at here are all the different rogues you know of Spider Man and this is what they're capable of and we didn't even have all of the uh, you know the main ones like uh, I have no idea if they were you know appear they had appeared but at this point but Mysterio where was he where was is it Scorpion or the Lizard. Yeah. Uh yeah, where where were all they? Goblin, Green Goblin, uh, where were these guys? So like, you know, how lethal are these? Like, are these just are the other ones just top tier? Are they even better, or do they just decide you know let's try and introduce some lesser known uh, villains from the Spider-Man Rogue into a story? Yeah, because that, you bring up a good point. So from my understanding, there was a prior uh, event, a prior deadly story foes? to the, the Deadly Foes of Spider-Man. Yeah. And then there was this. So lethal sounds worse than deadly, if you want to yeah. say. So <laughs> these heroes the also, same. but these all, I know, yes, they are technically, but it just, it just sounds more sinister, doesn't it? But these he- or these villains were also part of deadly foes. So how did they become, you know what I mean? Like, how did they get more lethal? Like it's just, <laughs> maybe I'm, just, well, I'm got, being too literal. They got a nuclear blaster this time. It's not oh, yeah. nuclear. It has three blasts and then it's dead. Doesn't work again. <laughs> and it's worth a billion dollars. Yeah. Nuclear is not three blasts and done. That's like a that's like a spud gun. I'm out of potato. Sorry. <laughs> that's that's what that is. It's not a nuclear blaster at all. No, I mean it doesn't even do that much damage. Like Rhino absorbs most of the damage from one of the blasts and it barely just knocks him out. It doesn't do it. Like, it didn't kill anyone. It didn't blow up any buildings or anything. It was a very weak gun like, worth a billion dollars. Even the guy, Stegron, who they accidentally blasted as a homeless guy living in the park, it had a tree. Again, a nuclear blast. You would expect a crater in the earth. You know, like something a bit more lethal. Yeah, but like yeah. you've got to think, like the, the grass around the Stegron guy had gone away. So, you know, that's, that's really <laughs> it's, pretty it's powerful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the weed a one billion dollar weed killer. <laughs> weed killer. <laughs> so uh, here's the thing: the gun wasn't great. It wasn't very powerful. It was just the you know, it was just the bit to get the story going. But they used something to destroy adamantium. They used a molecular rearranger. Now, wouldn't it have made more mm-hmm. sense had they stolen that? Because if that can destroy adamantium, then that's a dangerous weapon rather than just this nuclear blaster. I thought that's what they were building to, because they were going to the same laboratory where they destroyed... Yeah, the atomic... What was it called? The atomic something or another, wasn't it? It's called the Molecular Rearranger. Oh, no, the, 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 the kind of company or the building they're going towards. Oh. But yeah, maybe like the, the, the writer is just like toying with us. Like, here's some villains that are really dumb, and they're not going for the real prize. They're going for this fake spud gun. <laughs> And us as readers are falling for it every time. <laughs> you know? I mean, it's possible. Um, can we just say a quick hello to the comic book report who's joined us? 
Hi, buddy. Hi. Thanks for joining. Um, I, I'll forgive anyone in the chat who hasn't read this book. I honestly, I will forgive you if you haven't read along. Um, I picked this book not just because I own it, but it has a sentimental value because I got it, you know, when I was like 10 years old, maybe like, like slightly younger. I didn't buy this. I got this in Lucky Bags. Um, I think I've told you about this before, like um, a Lucky Bag. It was 50p. It came with a Marvel comic some sweets and like one of those little toys with the little marble in just something really basic and I got like issue two so I went back the next day I got another lucky bag and I got like issue three so then mm. I kept buying the lucky bags until I got all four and it took me a while and many many doubles but that was the very first collection that I completed so it means a lot to me it might not be great but it has sentimental value so nice great just, um, just a little story. So is that is that a reason? Is that one of the reasons why you chose this then for Spider-Man yes. Month? The nostalgia. Yeah. Can, can can I go back a little bit to the to the billion dollar gun? I've just done some quick maths, and uh, I wanted to see how much one billion dollars was worth today. Oh my gosh! <laughs> go on. So um, the inflation in percentage between 1993 and 2022. 2022 um, is a cumulative uh, increase of 105.04%, which means that $1 billion gun is now worth $2 billion and 50 million something. <laughs> it's doubled in for worth. Three blasts. For three <laughs> the blasts. Three blasts. <laughs> yeah. That just kills grass. <laughs> it just, yeah, $2 billion weed killer, yeah. Mm-hmm. The stubborn weeds you have in your garden, this will, this will work the tree. Three Only times. three times, though. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Pete's in Triple G says, this book yeah, makes but... me feel old. Yes. Yeah, me too. Why well, I am old, so that's probably why. I, I do feel a bit let down with it, because we have read some 90s books on the Nerd Herd, and I've read some 90s stuff myself as well, and there's always something I... I, I... I don't know what it is. Like, I'm not even just saying like Todd McFarlane-style art, but I, the 90s art for Marvel especially always stands out as unique for me. And this didn't. It just didn't feel like a 90s book at all. The art style is... like, If you remember the... Uh, I can't remember what Spider-Man book we read, but you had Mary Jane, the big hair, the kind of curvy body. Like that, like that was 90s, do you know what I'm trying to say? Mm. This wasn't that at all. It was completely different from that. And I... I it really irks me. So, I I was wondering, are the creators or were they older when they had written this themselves, or possibly have they purposely written this in the style of Silver Age, just so, for nostalgia yeah. purposes? If you know what I'm trying to say, are, like, you, are you trying to say like are these are these creators are they more used to that Silver Age kind of style, yeah. just and they just did it in the nineties. That's what I'm wondering, and if I was, if I could really be bothered myself, I'd look it up beforehand and not use gigs, no. But I haven't <laughs> done that. I just, I'm just thinking out loud because I, I do feel like it just doesn't feel like it's '90s for me. No, I mean, I didn't know reading this back in the '90s what a '90s comic should be like, so I had no prior knowledge or reference points. But reading it now, I 100% understand what you mean. They are describing everything in this book. Mm-hmm. Not only do oh, you yeah. get it in the you get it in the boxes that tells you exactly what's going on. Mm-hmm. You also get their inner monologue, which is telling you yeah. what's going on. So it's one of my notes. It's like, it's too much monologuing. It's just yeah. far too much. Highland G's in. Hi, Highland G. Thanks for joining. Yeah, there was and- a scene where, I can't remember his name, it was Hard Shell's husband, or ex-husband or whatever, he came back. Strike back. Now. Yeah, strike back, yeah. that's the one. So he came back, and like mid-battle, He's like describing what happened to him, like yeah. why he was gone, but whatever, blah blah blah. Like you're mid fight against like what six different villains. Like what? Are you, like what are you doing? Like you need to explain it. And that, that's the that's the thing too, because they, they they did do that in the nineties, but maybe not as much. Like Raiden hasn't evolved a lot, obviously, and you don't get that that at all today, pretty much. But you didn't get that much either in the nineties. This was definitely 60s, 70s style mm. Raiden and. The thing, the thing, that got, the thing that got me really was, uh, I think it was like issue four, and uh, Doc Ock was thinking to himself, but also referring to himself in third person. I've got it here. 
And it's like, alas, Spider-Man will die by bees, not by octopus. Too bad. But Otto Octavius has other matters to concern himself with. And I'm like, why are you like, like, you know, if I just went, oh, but Scott Shelf needs to do this, like in my head, like, you don't do that. And it's weird. But it's just, you know, it's that kind of thing. And they'd be like, okay. It reminded me of Secret Wars. You know, when Magneto refers to himself as the master of magnetism and like they would always introduce themselves with what power they had and what they could do. And it's just, it's unnatural, I think, is the word I'd have to use to describe the dialogue. In this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Completely unnatural. It was, yeah, it was, I think it was more of a tool used to let the readers know this is... Otto, Otto Octavius, if you didn't know, because we put it in bold as well, just to really send it home. <laughs> it's like, was he paid by the word, do you think, the writer? <laughs> yeah, maybe. No there was a lot it. of words in this book. So yeah. many. It was so, Some of the pages had far too much, not just describing yeah. what's going on, but the conversations between the people. It's just, it, was a, it was a pretty book, though. Yeah. Yes. Like colors wise, like I, I love it. I, I say it every time we read a Nike's book. Colors were great, mm-hmm. um, very vibrant, and I'll say it again and again. Yeah, loved it. I'll, I'm more than happy to read a Nike's book purely for how they look. That will always be something I look forward to, and this didn't disappoint. Yeah, um, it did look good. See, I don't want to be offen- offensive to the creating the creating team, but this is '93, so mm-hmm. the whole big Marvel Exodus image happen image comics happen in 92 so i'm wondering <laughs> sorry um what's his name daniel finger yeah i don't want to offend you guys but like were they scraping the bottom of the barrel because all their all their good creators had left uh, and they're just trying to pe- think of people to kind of you know write a spider-man story i mean I don't know. I did go through my collection. Like I write um, on CBZ, you can put a writer's name in and see what you own of theirs. And this is the only thing I've got with this writer oh. in. So I don't know what else he's done. I might have to check like Comic Vine. I think they'll have a I've list. I've never heard of him myself. I no. can do a bit of background stuff now. Well, while you do that, <laughs> Lewis says that as someone. Uh, who struggles with reading and uses comics to try and boost my skills in an entertaining way. I found this comic quite hard to read due to the wordiness of it. Mm. And I completely get that. It's so heavily condensed with like just words. Every page is just bombard, bombard, bombard. And I, I can understand it. It's a great way to get your money's worth from a comic book. You know, I've moaned that there have been too many pages with no text on at all in books we've read and I feel like I'm being cheated if I don't get that but then on the flip side you can't really enjoy an action scene when every single person on the page is having a massive conversation Mm. it's just I mean I wonder what do those pages look like without all those bubbles those word bubbles they must look great Mm -hmm. you know the fight scenes and stuff as a as a quick at a quick look um it seems like this is the only like full run he's done but he has done like everything else seems to be just marvel like he's done issues here and there he's done like maybe two or three in a row and then like an odd one here and there he's done like avengers daredevil fantastic four iron man uh he's done a venom story but most of his stuff seem, seems to be spider-man related um but yeah he's, it seems he's dabbled in a few other heroes so and teams as well it seems like he's the kind of guy that Marvel employee, so whenever their big writers want to be break from their yeah. their runs, they'll just give him two or three issues whilst they prepare something different. Um, yeah, his his main uh, his main um, job was like a, as one of the he was a group editor for most Spider Man books apparently around that time. Hmm. Um, yeah, okay. so maybe he thought you well, know I've edited loads of Spider Man, so I can write one. Maybe that's what he thought. On that then, because it makes it even worse for him, because um, Eagle Eye Scott uh, in our chat noticed, in our WhatsApp chat, noticed there was a page with the hand wasn't coloured correctly for for a character, and we thought it looked like Rhino had three hands. Also, at the the last page, whenever Spider-Man is having his final thoughts, um, certainly in the copy I read, it doesn't say Aunt May, it says Hunt May. Yeah, hunt me. I saw that. So I just think these kind of mistakes, if you're an editor, yeah. I trade. 
you know, shouldn't really happen. These should be caught yeah. before they go to print. And there was also My... one more as well. Um, the first page of issue four, um, where uh, Swarm is doing something. It says, like, go my, and then there's a blank space, and then it says, upon Spider-Man. Um, yes. yes. That's right. And I didn't understand what it meant. I, 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 I was confused there too. I just thought I was just too I, dumb to read it. I, I, I assume it was supposed to be like a bold word. They're saying, go yeah. my bees or go my, you know, my, my beauties. Oh, it's in the printed version. Oh, so it's the digital copy that is missing that. It says, so go it... my beauties, visit upon Spider-Man, death at your exquisite yeah. onslaught. And the version I've got was reprinted in 2018. Yeah. So... Go to the last page there, Shane. Does it say hunt me? It does say Hunt May in the physical copy as well, yes. Wow. <laughs> yes, it does. So this was, um, obviously, the ink, the single issues were printed in two, uh, 1993. Mm-hmm. And no trade that I could find of just this. They did a trade in 2011 called The Deadly Foes of Spider-Man, mm-hmm. which included both stories. Yeah. Uh, that's the only, like, trade I could find right. for this. So it took a long time for them to even print it again after 93. Yeah. They kind of I just think... left it on a shelf and forgot about it. I can't right. imagine there'd be much appetite for it, to be honest. I can't think it'll be calling for it. No, I, well, I don't think they reprinted that. it. I think it was more um, they did it for Marvel Unlimited mm. to put it on there. Ah, I okay. Think. That makes sense. Yeah. But um, in 1995, Super Nintendo did bring out a Lethal Foes of Spider-Man video game. Completely different storyline, but it kept the complete name for this mini series. I bet it was so... better than the ultimate, car- the absolute carnage one, though. <laughs> <laughs> um, shall we get onto our pages and have a look? Yes, sir. Yes, please. And see what we thought of the art for this book. Um, Phil, we'll start with yours. Cool. We'll see which page you picked. Yeah, I just think it's obviously a good kind of. Uh impact kind of splash page but the reason i actually picked this is because this is something that you i never would have seen in a 90s book at least i can't remember this kind of scratchy outline you know like it's not like it's a block panel it's all kind of just like a scratchy kind of didn't even notice yeah and it's just it's just something i'm used to seeing obviously it does look pretty cool to be fair too of Reynold busting through the wall mm. and stuff and the villain the villains uh falling from behind but that for some reason, just the kind of white border with this scratchy outline just stuck out for me for some reason. And uh, yeah. yeah, even like the whole the brimmerang thing kind of uh, yeah. coming through to it, just I thought it was a really cool page. Would... But go on, sorry. I was going to say, it's, it's just again, it's, it's typical Spider Man books uh, as well that Peter Parker just happens to be at this <laughs> laboratory. That's that one of my notes. Run. <laughs> he just happens to be everywhere. One of yeah. my notes is like, Spider-Man just happens to be where the bad guys are. That's literally my <laughs> note, word for word. Um, but uh, pun intended, I think there's an answer for that. No. <laughs> um, yeah, I think what is what is cool about... Well, what, what I was thinking would have made this page cooler um, was if they kind of used the margin and they had like you know, Rhino's arm coming in front of that border and Vulture's mm. wing and the, the lightning bolt from the boomerangs just to show a bit more that they're coming through the wall. Like a like 3D effect almost. Yeah, and yeah, I think yeah. um, it's a great page regardless. And, but yeah, I was just I, I remember seeing this and going, that'd be cool if they just, you know, just added a little bit outside the borders. It would have had a, a much more of an impact, I think. Yeah, because if you look at Hard Shell's right hand, yeah. it's kind of out of the border. Yeah. And she's the one in in the background. She's, yeah. she's the furthest one back. Yeah. Now, now you've maybe hit this page. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get it off the screen quick. It's oh, triggering. God, I'm sorry. <laughs> that was going to be one of my pages. Um, but instead, I went for this page. Nice. It's Strike Back versus... I was I was calling him Shreg- Stegron. Is that Stegron, yeah. Like, Stegron, correct, yeah. yeah. I was just, I wasn't too sure how to say, it was just, again, an unnatural word to say, but Stegi. I thought it was really cool. That's fairly cool. Like a, stegri- like a stegosaurus, I get, I know, but like the stegron part, it was weird. He was very lizard-esque. I feel like if you just painted him green, you wouldn't know the difference. <laughs> In this book, he could just be the lizard. But him versus Strike Back was great. And sound effects, Phil, mm-hmm. you like a good sound effect. 
Yeah, Daniel Warren Johnson-esque, of course. Yeah. 100%, yeah. A strike back was giving off a very Deathlock vibe, the way he was designed yeah. in this book. You know, half, like the face. I know he's got a whole face, but just the whole robotic thing. And also like, a little bit of cable from the X-Men. Yep, because of the eye. Yeah. Plus he could teleport. I don't know, cable, he goes back and forth in time, doesn't he? But yeah. Still teleportation, yep. kind of. But I thought this page was quite cool. Good action, splash page, yeah. very minimal text. Very bright. Yeah. Yeah. Really nice. yeah. yeah. Big really. yellow, blue background. It's a really cool page. Seems to be no gravity, though. That's no... <laughs> <laughs> Rocks yeah. is floating around everywhere. You'd be happy to know I don't have anything to say to make you hate this page. Oh. <laughs> lucky, lucky you. <laughs> Just Phil's. <laughs> Maybe you Scott, can do the same we... for my page, Phil. Oh, I will. Let's see what your page is, Scott. Uh, this was my page from uh, issue two, uh, the very start of issue two. I just love that middle panel. I don't know what it was. Like This is showing the computer chip that is interlocking uh, Doc Ock and the answers' minds together. And I don't know, it just kind of reminded me of some really cool like 80s, 90s film poster. Um, mm. I don't know, some sort of like... Um, like Die Hard-esque or I don't know, but that kind of <laughs> vibe of movie where it's like some sort of heist or um, something's going on. But I just I just love the, the fact that that whole panel is just blue mm-hmm. and it's just loads of different shades of it and the, their eyes kind of really blend well into that whole thing and you've got the lightning between it and it's just cool. Um, I don't care for the top and bottom panels, just the middle one. Yeah, the top, the top and bottom don't really add... Nah. Too much to, just, the, to the whole thing, yeah. That one just really popped out of me. I, yeah. I've nothing bad to say to put you off this page, Scott. It's, um, nah. it's, it's <laughs> Imagine how nice this book would be if it were all drawn like that. If this was like yeah. Spider-Man blue and white or something like that, and it was just all that. <laughs> that would look very fancy. Um, so we have a couple of submissions. No, we don't. We have one submission and yes. an extra page. Is that your extra page, Phil or Scott? Mine. Yay! <laughs> Let's just check Martin's page and then we'll see what your extra page was. Cool. Yeah, I almost had this myself. It's cool. Oh, cool. So yeah, Martin sent this in uh, very close to the wire, I might add as well. Um, but he said, uh, "I really like the way Spider-Man is drawn on this page. It's just uh, su- it's so bright and colourful. It stood out to me out of all of the four issues. There's a lot of colours going on. It's great." I really like the scene in this book too. So he, he's held, for some reason, he's held held captive of these like four, I don't know how to call them. Like they're not just like handcuffs or some sort of special globe or whatever. Like just go in your Pepper hand. Encapsulating. Yeah, his like, hands and yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is really stupid. So, but I love the way he gets out of it by just like like emptying his, all his web fluids just to kind of create the pressure to burst them open. I thought that was really cool. It was I really cool. like this page. Yeah. Um, can I just point out, Martin is the only person that picked a picture with Spider-Man in it. <laughs> Three of us. <laughs> For Spider-Man week, not one Good of one. us picked a picture with Spider-Man in it. Uh, That's embarrassing. Well, uh, I, I was getting some sort of Secret Wars vibes from that picture, just because of the little black bubble kind of stuff going on mm. uh, throughout the whole thing. See there around yes. the edge? Yeah. That kind of... Um, yeah. And also the yeah. smoothness of the art. It's very, very 80s and Secret Wars. It's not yeah. as detailed as 90s art became. It's weird. Uh, Scott, so you have an extra page. You pick this yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, finally. I've, I've, <laughs> I've dubbed this as the uh, Spider-Man butt attack. Um, <laughs> because yeah, it's I... just coming at Rhino, just hitting him with his, with his ass. <laughs> he bagging him. Teabag and Rhino. <laughs> it's, just, it's just so like proportionally strangely drawn. Um and you know, was was this intentional? <laughs> was Spider-Man going, you know what, I'm gonna come at you but first, um, to really get the impact, you know? Um I don't know. It was just it was just weird, it just stood out for me, it was quite strange. It's, I remember thinking it was a fun page. Yeah, the way he got rid of the swarm and you know sent them after Rhino, mm-hmm. I thought that was very cool. Um, we have, sorry, this is being really slow for me today. I think I'm lagging a little bit. 
Um, we have Grey Man in the chat. He's joined us. Hi, chaps. Thanks for joining. Um, he's probably read this. Grey Man's read like everything, isn't he? So we can agree that the art is, for the most part, pretty decent in this book. It changes um, quite drastically in issue three. The art, the artist, the inkers and the pencils, uh, the pencilers do change. So it is quite noticeable, but not it's not bad. It still keeps with the style for me, I thought anyway. But <laughs> the, what did you think of the writing in this book? I know we've touched on it and the story, the story. Uh, sorry, Scott, we'll start with you. There's just villains everywhere, mate. <laughs> it's just villains. You get a villain and you get a villain. <laughs> yeah. You know, we got to the point where it was like, I knew I was getting to the end of each issue and I was like, who are we going to get at the end of this one? Um, and that was it. But this was uh, really cool for me to read because it was introducing me to a lot of new characters, um, which I'm always grateful for because your quiz... Makes me need to learn loads of characters. So that was so they've they've been added to my repertoire. Um, but you know, yeah, like I never heard of Hardshell, Stegron, Swarm. Um, uh, I think Beetle and um, Strikeback and like the Boomerang uh, and stuff like that. So I never heard of all these characters, and uh, it it was interesting for me to read just to learn about what these characters are and we got a little bit of like background like we know that boomerang and beetle hate each other and and hardshell and uh strikeback have this kind of history and things like that um so it was it was cool and it did kind of make me go maybe I, maybe i should go back and read deadly foes uh just uh just to see any other sort of relationships or dynamics that we get uh with with these characters as well but Shane, have you read deadly foes I have not, no. Okay, because I was thinking, should we have read Deadly Foes? Like, th is this a sequel? Probably. Like, <laughs> <laughs> they they did refer to the Deadly Foes quite a few times yeah. through the book. Um, yes. In uh, terms of one that of my... team being together and having the fallout and whatever else. So there's maybe an element where maybe we should have read that first. Yeah. But yes. Shane didn't buy that in Lucky Bags 1983. So... No, <laughs> I did. That That wasn't in the Lucky Bags, unfortunately. Uh. It was just, just this... Um, one of my notes that I did write down um, is also a statistic. You know how many um, asterisks were telling you to read other oh issues there were God. in this entire miniseries? 26. 82. Yeah. <laughs> Not that high. There uh, were 17. They what? expect you to read 17. So the first issue had six, the second had four, the third had five, and the last one only had two. But, but they were they... the editor's notes telling you to read this book and that book and this book and that book you but know they weren't like all 17 different things were they it was a couple like no a, no a lot of them were deadly foes one wasn't it yeah and then there was Captain yeah, america I, was mentioned at some point like i didn't count all the read issue one and read issue two because yeah you're assuming that i'm reading them because i'm reading the trade but this yeah. was you know find out how the answer died find out why this one kept, it was just it was a bit much it was. it was like every, yeah. almost every, like every three pages, you're being told to go check out another issue. It's like, let me finish this one. Yeah. Um, the only, the, the other thing about kind of prior knowledge, and it was, is it Hargrove? Was Doc Ock's cousin? Yeah. Uh -huh. He kept saying about how he was doomed, how, how he, how like Doc Ock own, like owns him because of his misdemeanors. So what were they? Uh, embezzling. What? He embezzled funds from his company. But like, I just feel like there was more that maybe we should have known before. You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, like, there was more this. of his background. Yeah, he, um, he just says he says that he embezzled money. Oh, and... okay. I missed that. Yeah. So that's it. Yeah, so did I. <laughs> yeah. So it's a felony. It's not a misdemeanor. Phil, it's a felony. <laughs> okay. Well, he Hard said time for that. I thought he said misdemeanor, but I quite liked his little arc in terms of the end where he stood up to his cousin. Yeah. It didn't work out for him. He didn't achieve anything other than yeah. the fact that he had the balls to, to go but up. He became undoomed. Yeah. Yeah. And undoomed. he got a little bit of respect from his cousin. You know, he did. Doc Ock respected him enough not to kill him because he stood up for himself. So that's something. Well, wasn't yeah. it he didn't kill him because he it reminded him of his mum or something? Oh yeah, because he was related. Blood, to... Bloodline or something, wasn't it? Yeah, 
Yeah. Because you're in my uh, mum's bloodline, it would only remind me of her if I was to kill you. So for this once, I will let you go. Otto Octavius <laughs> will let you go, sir. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I always read Dr. Oct talking like the penguin from the 66 Batman <laughs> movie. I don't, I don't know why. Just <laughs> um, One of my notes is that I... I quite enjoyed the lack of Spider-Man in this book, if I'm honest. Who? Because I do find, I do find Spider-Man quite grating. Who? <laughs> Who's that? Who? Who? I do. I find him quite grating as a character. Um, he's just a bit too cocky and arrogant, and tries to be funny. And Kai loves like, a pun. Yeah, but they're not good puns, are they? You no. got to love. You got to have a good pun. If it's not yeah, good, probably, don't yeah. do it. <laughs> just pun for the sake of having a pun. Uh, yeah. To be fair, I wanted more Spidey, but I know where you're coming from. Like he can be quite irritating, and I think in this instance, he wasn't written any any kind of like redeeming kind of way, where like you really took to him type of thing. Um, even his quips weren't funny this time round. But as as we mentioned, he was hardly in it. He spent mm-hmm. most of the time on his backside or handcuffed, uh, and. Uh, he didn't, he didn't even save the day in the end. He didn't do anything. What did he no, do? No, it's, it's the Indiana Jones conundrum, isn't it? Like, Indiana Jones, the movie, would happen exactly the same whether Indiana Jones interferes or not because he has no impact on the end of the story. You know, they open the they open the box and they melt. You know, Indy didn't stop them from doing that. And in the end of this book, Spider-Man being there or not, they beat each other. So he was completely yeah. redundant for the entire book. And I think this obviously must have just been some sort of sales tactic. Maybe just, Mm. you know, you know, we're going to do a very short four issue Spider-Man run. You know, you picked it up because it was Spider-Man and he wanted this run. And uh, yeah, I know they were all just enemies of Spider-Man. And then they just let them have it. And just Spider-Man was just in it a couple pages per book. Yeah, I think... Do you think they said, right, we need a four-part miniseries, but we need it to end where it starts so that it doesn't interfere with any other Spider-Man book we have going? (laughs) (laughs) We need everyone to end at the exact same space that the book starts, so this is a nothing miniseries. Because that's what it felt like. I I wonder if it's the, you know, if you think about it in terms of, in terms of comic book characters, you have Batman and you've got Spider-Man with the biggest rogues galleries. They both have the two biggest rogues galleries. And not everyone's going to be an, uh, uh, you know, a, a really lethal villain. Because here we have Rhino, who's pretty well known. Yep. Doc Ock, obviously. I think Doc Ock was one of the first yep. original ones for the Fulcher. So you have mixed in the kind of more well-known ones with you know, some really unknown heroes. So is it their kind of attempt to like launch them uh, into a bigger stand or higher standing, or just the fact that they just want to use as many as they can before people actually forget who they all are? You know, that's that's what I'm kind of thinking. But uh, it just seems that the teams just seem like they shouldn't be matched together because I actually feel like the vulture came across a bit stupid in this because I think it's to do with the team that was around him. Yeah. You know. Um, the Rhino did come. Mind. Yeah, yeah. The, the Rhino was the same. Like they, they all have their own kind of motivations, I suppose. Because mm-hmm. the Rhino wanted the, he wanted the blaster for his family or to sell yeah. for his family. The Vulture wanted to cure his cancer with it, but the rest of them just wanted the billion dollars. Um, it's not worth it, guys. You're getting ripped off. You might as well get the Ultimate Fallout Four CGC acetate version and. <laughs> Or um, just go to B and Q and buy some weed killer. I mean, if... yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. See, it's not worth. See, what they dollars. should have done is they should have got that gun and held on to it and sold it in twenty twenty two for what was it two billion five hundred million two billion see? fifty million yeah <laughs> two billion <laughs> two yeah. billion fifty million yeah silly guys. But I did enjoy the part where the vulture had the gun or um sorry um hardshell got the gun back off vulture and he's like I yeah. need it to live, and she's like okay well how about we use it for that, and then we sell it. And he's like, oh, I didn't think of that. And she's like, no, neither did I. But it was a good distraction. Yoink, it's mine Yoink. again. And they were just... <laughs> um, <laughs> it, got, it did get a bit cheesy, didn't it, I feel. Yeah, uh, it was like, it was like one of those hey. slapstick cartoons where like something's just falling and everyone's reaching for it and it's yeah. bouncing off one person. Yeah, 
it just went from one person to the other to the other yeah. and they just had a, they had to say something every time they got it as well though they couldn't just go they had yeah. to be like oh i've got the blaster now me mine, i've got mine. it yeah. yes you two me, stop fighting because i've got it the... <laughs> and now i'm yeah. gonna fly away in that direction don't touch me <laughs> <laughs> just too literal and i think i think there was a lot of that just really over explaining what they were doing yeah. all we needed to know is we could see it that person has now stolen the gun and they are going that way or that way and that's it, it um, this could have been a really fun book had they just done a little bit more of the silly side of it you know they yeah. know they're not the top tier villains but they've got their plan they're gonna do it and then they're gonna do some infighting and just make it a bit more fun mm -hmm. trying to make a serious book with this lot and have them be so i want to say like three stooges like slapstick it just it, it didn't work as well as it could have i think he maybe had an idea he just couldn't put it down on paper hmm. i just yeah. think as well there was just there were just too many villains like you touched on earlier on and as as the story went along you just got a new villain every so often yeah added to the fray it's yeah. like just just focus on the three or four Focus on the one team, you know, Fulcher, Hardshell, Rhino, and Boomerang, and obviously Doc Ock as a side story type of thing, mm -hmm. and focus on that. Stop adding other kind of things because with this book, it doesn't seem like there was a main plot, loads of different subplots. Like they all yeah. had their own little things going together, like, like Hardshell and her husband fighting Stegron, and you had, uh, what was his name? The Beetle had his problems, he was trying to go straight. He had $250 in his bank. This just doesn't good enough. So there's too many different kind of things happening for all the different characters that it's going to be hard to amalgamate it all together, you know? And yeah. uh, they could failed. have, they could have maybe like each of the three stories, you know, the Beatles story, the Hardshell story, and the Doc Ock story, they could have been like, you know, through lines for another Spider Man story. Like they could have been happening in the background while Peter's doing his main story. And then that could have built to something. But to just, it felt like three separate stories that they just had to push together. For what, Did, for what reason, we don't know. We can't even work out why. There's, it doesn't just to get four issues now. Yeah. Um, did anyone notice the beetle and his power, where his blast came from? His fingers, wasn't it? It was his little finger. No way. It, <laughs> I'm not lying. He no fired. <laughs> Yeah, he fires from his little finger. It's one of my notes, and I laughed when I see him. Like he's flying away, and he turns around, and his little finger just shoots out to just like. <laughs> oh god! I thought um... that was quite funny. Um, <laughs> let me just catch up on some chat because we've been talking and not checking in on the chat. Sorry about that. Um, going back to your second picture, Scott, that you chose. Mm -hmm. I did see some comments here. Triple G says, <laughs> was he aiming for the horn? Let's hope not. That would have yeah. really hurt. As Highland G points out, any higher and that really would have hurt. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, the grey man <laughs> chirps in with... Uh... <laughs> Lucky Rhino was facing the other way or Peter... Peter Peter's proctologist, proctologist. Bill. yes, Peter Proct the Peter's proctologist bill would have been enormous. Yes, I mean, yeah, it's a, a little bit of poor aiming on Peter's side. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. And Plus, there's like ten other villains you can use. Use a different villain, just have a horn. If you want, that, if you want to have that posed, <laughs> yeah. it's without a horn. <laughs> yeah. It's easier. Gives new meaning to the term butthead. Um, <laughs> the Grey Man has the deadly foes, but not the lethal foes. So right. maybe Grey Man can tell us what the first volume is like because we okay. haven't read it. Uh, Lewis, um, Lewis has read, and he says the over-explaining just makes the villains seem dumb and not a yeah. threat, or even funny. He says, which is true. Like it's it's not a fun. It's not a fun book. It's like it's, it's a fun book because of the action and the, you know, the silliness. But it's not a fun book. It's not written fun, if that makes sense. Yeah. It's it's accidentally fun, <laughs> which is kind of a shame because I don't think that's what yeah. he was going for. You know, it goes back to what Phil was saying earlier, isn't it? Like he liked it, but he didn't like it. Mm. Yeah, like uh, James says, it's anticlimactic, and I think that's. 
that's because the ending, yeah, was... the ending just happens. They just beat each. They beat themselves. Yeah. They just beat themselves. Hard Shell and Strike Back go, and Spider Man's just standing there like another job well done. It's like yeah. no, you didn't do anything. Good job. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's there like but he's got the gun now, so that's good. I showed up. I've got the empty gun that doesn't <laughs> fire anymore, so I saved the day. I'm taking that win. He's just there. Gets his notebook out and he's like, "Spider Man one, bad guys zero, <laughs> foes zero. Yeah, <laughs> it's even going by how we're talking about it with this blaster gun and how they all wanted it. Doctor Octavius didn't actually want the blaster gun. That was a part of his plan initially. Mm. That's why. That's why he initially wanted it. But you know, he didn't want it to sell. He just wanted to get out of the prison and create his own. Uh, arms again so yeah. but even that kind of side story with octopus and the answer again didn't seem to fit or gel with the like it's completely irrelevant to everything else that's went on in my opinion that was the best part yeah i like the dark like yeah, yeah. storyline i think that was the most uh compelling and enticing thing of the whole four issues there's the reason why i wanted to keep going to be honest um the rest but about it just the, didn't the, fit yeah, yeah, the nuclear weed killer saga wasn't really much of a bother to me, you know. <laughs> but, yeah, I but think had it been Doc Ock and the, the answer, like a whole yeah. four issue mini series with them, you know, figuring out how to bring him back, how to escape, how to do all that, that would be quite interesting. Yeah, with actually utilizing Spider Man to try and prevent that happening, you know, yeah. then it became yeah, a and Spider Man having story. to try something different each time because the answer can contradict, you know, he can counteract everything Spider Man does. So he's got to come up with another way to stop them. And then he, you know, he can stop that. So he's got, it would show Spider-Man being intelligent, being creative, being inventive, being an actual character, unlike this book. Yeah. I think yeah. we've said many a time, Shane, that you, you come up with a lot of good concepts. You should just write these books. Just write books, mate. Just, yeah. just go back to Danny, finger off, and uh, just say, listen, go back and redo this, please. Look, I fixed it. Just... Yeah. <laughs> well, what I can do is I can actually put some stickers on over over all the text in the book, <laughs> write it myself, then send it to CGC, and it will get a higher grade than what it is because I will have <laughs> I will have edited the book myself. So apparently, exactly. CGC like that. <laughs> yeah. um, who is your favorite character? Go on. Go on. Oh, out of the out of the bad guys. Well, to be honest, out I can't of all the bad well, because he was there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, sorry. I said characters, um, Scott. <laughs> I want to. I want to say the answer. The answer was my favorite one. Uh, just I've, I've never heard of him, and I thought his power was quite interesting. You know, the fact that he could only, you know, he could use any power ever, but only if it was to solve the situation posed in front of him. I thought it was a really interesting concept, and I think it, it worked well. It was cool. Yeah, I would he say reminds the answer. Darwin to... from the X Men. He has the same Darwin from the X Men. He yeah. has kind of the same ability. Like he's. Mutant power is adaptability. Yeah. yeah, it's such a great concept for a bad guy or a hero to be yeah. able to do that. Phil, See, it'd, be, it'd be the answer also because he, he had more, he had more story and like more layers in terms of he, like why he became like well, what, what was it before he was a physical being? It was some sort of I can't even remember what it was. Remember, he just wasn't, energy when he yeah, he was just, just there and he connected through Doc Ock through like a chip. Yeah. you know through telepathic ways or whatever and how he got to that point obviously with the kingpin and stuff like he just had more of a backstory more of a purpose more of a reason really i suppose um so yeah so the answer would be for me um, i think the well, answer as well yeah wow so the but, answer to your question is the answer yes the answer <laughs> is the answer oh that would be a good <laughs> quiz question um, how about character design like which of the like Scott, Ooh, you haven't swarm. seen some of these characters. Swarm yeah, was great. swarm. Just that, bees. So. Yeah, yeah, but then he had a skeleton. Like yeah, yeah, it was cool. So what did they do? Did they like take over um, a human and then like eat the human down to bone, or is that the original like master of the bees and then they just yeah. find his bones whenever well, they're free? So what happened? Because you see a little bit of like a bee flying into this container. Like an encapsulation, whatever it was called, that Doc Ock damaged without knowing he damaged it. So there's bee flew in, and then the swarm appeared. What, like, was this like the bee going into some sort of like you know nuclear energy, and he has powers now and he can do this? But like, or 
I don't know. But he had memories he... of like he knew who Spider Man. That's yeah. why this is why I get confused too. Like he knew who Spider Man was. Yeah, that was his motivation to get Spider Man. But like, if it was a random bee was in this tank and just became. Could that have been the the molecular rearranger they used to destroy the adamantium, and then like it rearranged the molecular structure of the? I don't know. They didn't explain it. It was just the bee that went into a machine and came out as the swarm, cape and all. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the cape. Why does that happen? That's the thing. Today, like today's standards, that kind of thing would be done better or explained slightly better with the story these are the things that they just didn't care about they just they just wrote things for the sake of it the amount of writing in this book they could have explained step by step how that bee became the swarm yeah it could have been like the bee finds the uh, you know decomposing body of its master and you know anything like that like is that where they kept the skeleton like or were there more bees in there and they were <laughs> I don't know. But he looked very cool when he came out with Lost Scott. Um, he looked very cool when he came out in his cloak, just bees just climbing over each other and being really creepy and gross. And it gives you goosebumps because you're like, oh, don't. that's so disgusting. Yeah, one of the pages I was going to pick, uh, if you recall, it's the one where he was kind of having a fight with Spider-Man and Spider-Man was like, kind of jumping and joisting away from other swarm. And just the idea that that's his weapon almost, that's, that's you know, I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah, <laughs> That page did make me laugh because I thought of Nicolas Cage in The Wicker Man when Spider-Man's like, oh. no, not the bees. <laughs> and, I was just like, and he's like, bees, bees. And he's jumping around the page. <laughs> I, it did make me think of the, the Nicolas Cage meme. You know, he's got his head in the in the basket and they put the bees in there. Yes. I was going to say I've never seen The Wicker Man, but I've seen the meme. But I thought that was a cool design. Um, hard shell, I thought was a great design as well. Um, especially like the face was robot, was like metal, but it moved like a human face. I don't know how she managed that. Yeah, she she, she looked like a like a like a female version of like Iron Man almost, didn't she? Like she could have easily belonged to that kind of that kind of story, that kind of book. But yeah, she was really cool. But I quite like like what was her her human? What's her real name? Um, uh, Lila Davis. So she's out of prison. She hugs this prison guard. She's like, you know, I'm not, I'm not be back, back again. You know, I'm gonna go straight, gonna go clean. And all of a sudden, day one, just plan on a heist, or whatever, million dollar killer. And uh, just like, I'm on, like, have a, have a better motivation, like, just, you know, more reason to kind of lean away from the the, the light and go towards the dark. You know? Yep. It was just like, yeah, you won't see me in here again. Basically, just gloating that she's not going to get caught again. Not that I'm not going to stop doing crime. I'm just not going to be caught. But that's what I thought. I thought she meant she's, she's gone clean. She's gone straight then, straight away, bang. Heist time. <laughs> yes. Welcome back, Scott. Thank you. Sorry. <laughs> I thought you things. left me again. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah, I just have to give you that anxiety one more time. <laughs> Um, so I think we're in agreement with this book. I didn't, I, I'm not getting top spot this week. I didn't succeed in Spider-Man month. I know we're only week one in, but I'm pretty sure I lost Spider-Man month. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Like, like I said, I, I, I had a good time and we'll find out the scores the second, but it's not the worst thing that we've ever read. That's a no, 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 no. Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree. It's not the worst thing. I mean, that would be hard to do <laughs> to match the worst thing we've ever read on the herd. Just to recap it for people, the worst things we have read uh, this season are Nameless, which is my pick, uh, and Onslaught Unleashed, which was a viewer's pick ages ago. 4.3 out of 10 they have got. Yes. But we will see. Um, is everyone ready for our final thoughts and scores? Yes. Yeah. So everyone in the chat, if you have read, sorry, I have a label on my T-shirt digging into my neck. Um, I don't know why I said that out loud, but you didn't need to know that. <laughs> it's like this book. It's like you're not reading your, <laughs> yeah, your my brain. thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> You've been reprogrammed for this. Scott finds that funny. <laughs> but Phil's just really tired and warm because it's really warm today. 
<laughs> so in the chat, if you have read this book and would like to share your final thoughts and scores, please do so. We'll add them to our own. Um, Phil, final thoughts and scores, please. Um, like you said, I, I didn't. It's not. It's not good, but I enjoyed it to 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 a point. And you touched on it earlier on. Like it became accidentally funny. What's the bad thing? That's that's the that's the you didn't mean to be. It kind of fell this way because of the silliness, whatever. So that's why I enjoyed it. But that's not what it should have been because you should have planned a better story, uh, a better book. And the fact that the, the kind of the different kind of storylines didn't really connect for a real purpose. It is what it is. But it just seemed a bit stupid. Um, because I didn't have a main plot, had loads of subplots. The character interactions we've mentioned were very drawn out. Everything's very wordy. Again, just looks very old school Silver Age. Um, the art was pleasant, like the colours. Um, but again, you just wouldn't place this in the nineties. That's that's the negative. You know, you just wouldn't place it in the nineties at all. Um, a few inconsistencies inconsistencies with the art. And the quality control with Haunt May. Mm. Those things annoy me. Like you, you got to get these things right in my mind, but sure. Um, and the fact that Spider-Man was never really present in this book, or didn't need to be present. He was there, but even the times he was there, he didn't need to be there. Um, but overall, it was four issues. It was quick enough, and it's worth reading it for this chat. If you know what I'm trying to say. Like, it mm -hmm. was worth reading that to talk about it. And that's that's the story. That's very middle of the road for me. Five out of ten. That's me. Awesome. Nice. Scott. Uh, there was a lot of stories going on, and um, I think I'm getting to the point of saying there were too many stories going on. Um, I think it was quite manageable at the start, but then they just kept adding and adding and adding. Like Jesus, who the hell are all these? Um, but I did like the fact that I was introduced to new characters. I just don't think uh, that uh, they should have done them all, you know, for this story, or just done more reviews to kind of make him less compact, you know. Um, it's quite cheesy. Uh, that's not done. Um, too much exposition. Um, Scott thought that they thought too much, and uh, but it looked absolutely lovely. Uh, the art was really good. Um, the character designs were awesome. A lot of great detail a lot of good colors really enjoyed it and uh the quality control the qc issues that phil mentioned as well um also irked me slightly um yeah you know the three arms thing that, that confused me and then yeah the hunt me and the the fact that the a word was missing from the reprint, reprint that we read um yeah bugged me a bit but um yeah it's going to be a 5.5 for me oh you scored a spider-man book higher than phil <laughs> but I have a lot more to compare to. You see, I, I have read good Spider-Man stories with actually Spider-Man in them. <laughs> ah, okay, so we're expecting good things from your pick then this wave, mm. of course. <laughs> um, the Cult of Pop in the chat. You've given a reason. You've given your final thoughts. Can you give your score out of ten if you have one, please? Um, for me, I like I say, I have a massive sentimental attachment to this. This. Like, the physicality of it means more to me than the story. Like, owning this four-part miniseries means more to me. Um, so, to be fair, I'm going to ignore my heart and I'm going to go with my head. <laughs> this nice. is it's a fun, silly, throwaway nothing story. It doesn't impact the Marvel Universe in any way. Everyone ends up where they started. It's just a four-issue book that they just put out because they probably wanted an extra Spider-Man book on the shelf for four months. You know, or maybe it was weekly. Who knows? It was just a throwaway Spider-Man title. It's lovely drawn. It's drawn lovely. Lovely drawn. See, this is what happens when I speak from my brain. <laughs> it was drawn lovely. Colours are great. You know, character designs, awesome. It's, it's, it is weird, like Phil said. It's not a 90s book. It says 1993 on the cover, but it feels very 80s. This would not be out of place as a backup story in Secret mm. Wars. You know, it, it felt very, very 80s. But for me, I enjoyed it for what it was, silly, throwaway fun. So for me, I'm going to give it 
see, I was torn. I did have a higher score written down, but I'm going to go lower because I, I think that it was based on sentiment more than, you know, the actual the nostalgia. Book. Hmm. Yeah, so I'm going to give this a five. I'm good. I think it's right in the middle there. I didn't hate okay. it. I didn't love it, but it, I think it's fun enough, you yeah. know. Um, we have some scores in the chat. Yeah, we have quite a few. Yeah. Do we have the cult of ah? Yes, we do. Okay, so we have James who says six for me. Too wordy. Wanted more Doc Ock. Fair enough. <laughs> nice. nice and concise. Thank you. Yes. Just like Triple G's. <laughs> he says, five. And that's being generous. <laughs> well, don't hold back, Pete. Just do you, no. you, do you mate. We have a 4.5 from Lewis. He says nice. it's too wordy and too convoluted, which is kind of fair. We have a 4.5 from Wednesday Spoiler. Yep. And we have Miss Martins. Yep, I'm going back up because I've got oh, I've got the cult of pops to do as oh. well. <laughs> Martin, said, Martin says I had a fun I had fun reading this, but the writing wasn't good. The art was cool and felt like a homage to the Silver Age. Just needed a bit more Spidey. It's a five from me. Cool. And the cult of pop says. Overall, this wasn't bad. Some of the villains were more obscure, but I thought the answer had cool powers, cheesy name and costume, though. So he has given this um, a six, mostly for nostalgia, classic 90s villains. Yes, yeah, I had to take the nostalgia out of it, but mine was going to be a six as well. So we're on the same wavelength there. Mm. So I think that's what nostalgia does to you. It makes you score books a little higher than you feel like you should. <laughs> yeah. Well, there we go. Got all the scores in? Yes, I do. No problem. So with all the scores in... Am I the... 10? <laughs> you tell us, mate. Um, okay, so the audience, thank you very much, guys, as well. You have given us the average of 5.2 out of 10. Uh, adding that onto Phil's 5, Shane's 5, and my 5.5. That gives a total of 5.2. So there we go. The audience nailed it on the head there. So thank you very much. Let's see. We all know by now, if you're a regular, this doesn't <laughs> hit the top 10. But we'll show you anyway, because we like to show it. Uh, but yeah, here we go. Here's the top 10. It's looking good. Yeah, you, it's, it's going to be hard to get on there, isn't it? 100%. And here is the rest of the leaderboard. So 5.2 puts it at 26th place, just underneath Ooh. Slayer and above Bite Sized. It's our first 5.2? It is. It's nice to get a new score. Yeah. Last week we got a new score for Extremity as well. Yeah. But there we go. We're nearly done, guys. Just looking at that leaderboard, we're nearly done for the season. Mad. I mean, yeah, it's great. See, 5.2, like, it seems like we didn't like the book, but it's a weird score because we all kind of liked the book. Even the guys in the chat kind of liked it. We, we enjoyed right. it, but we can acknowledge that it's not yeah. the best thing ever. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Maybe we should just say, I don't know, put like a 5.2 and a little plus next to it. <laughs> like to, Give it a nice thumbs star. up, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I think anything more than a five shows we liked it. Because five mm. is five is pretty much you don't anything it, isn't it? You know, it's I don't neutral. like it, I don't hate it. Yeah. So if it's under a five, we didn't like it. If it's over a five, we yeah. liked it. Just mm -hmm. there's a scale. So it's in the plus by point two. I will take it. So <laughs> um Next week, which I tell him what we're reading. Let's go. Let's, let's roll VT. Roll it, baby. Whose pick is that? It's, it's me. And as uh, Shane sneakily brought it up in conversation halfway through the show today, we are going to be reading Spider-Man Blue, uh, which uh, is... I totally uh, forgot. Yeah, I did that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
You're like, if only Spider-Man was blue. And I was like, well, wait till next week and you can see a blue <laughs> Spider-Man in this book. Um, so, yeah, this this is something um, I have no idea about, but I know it's I know it's heavily based upon Spider-Man and Gwen Stacy's relationship. And you know how much I love a relationship-based story. So I'm really looking forward to this pick, and I hope I've picked a good one. I have literally no idea. So, uh, yeah, there we go. I'm looking forward to it. Just on that, guys, for guys in the chat and guys listening to the podcast, I checked today that book's free to read on Amazon Prime. So if you have Amazon Prime, nice. it's free on Prime re- reading. So get on it for next week. Fantastic. Awesome. Uh, I'm looking forward to that. Just as well, to let everyone else know, we are two episodes away, and then we will be hitting our 100th episode. And it's going to be amazing. So uh, keep watching to find out what we pick for that. It's going to be a good yes. one. Um, so yes, but there, uh, that's all from me. It's good night from him, and it's good night from me. <laughs> I'm still, I'm, I'm going to hang on for a while. <laughs> it did sound like that, didn't it? Sorry. <laughs> yes. Uh, so, reporting uh, yes, from Spider- Wales, uh, Scott Shelf. So yes, Spider-Man Blue next week. I am looking forward to it. I hope that so that art's all the way through it. So I'm really looking forward to it because yes, I did want to see that, didn't I? So fingers crossed, I like it. So. Thank you all for joining. Really appreciate it. I hope you'll join us again next week for Spider-Man Blue. Until then, get your waves out. Bye. Bye, everyone. Thank you. Bye. Bye, everyone. (laughs) Love you. (laughs)